clear-eyed, we can understand that there will be war and still strive for peace. We can do that, where that is the story of human progress. That's the hope of all the world. And at this moment of challenge, that must be our work here on Earth. Thank you very much. Uh, we in the weeds and it's something phenomenal. Made a great point, bring it back like a rendezvous. Tell you the truth, never lie, cause I honor you. Give you high takes so you can run and tell your mama too. Educate, never late, coordinate. When it come to making arguments, there's always more to make. I'll give it to you straight and then I'll put it on your feet. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. Alright, alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Y'all are finally back. Y'all are finally back in the weeds, in the trenches. And I'm your host, Kevin E. Joma. And we're brought to you by the fine folks at What You Expect. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T.com. Bringing you all the latest in pop culture, entertainment, sports, politics, and everything in between. Now, for those that might be new here, I'm going to give you the background. I'm going to lay it out for you guys real nicely and slowly and neatly, might I add. Um, it's been quite a while since I've been able to put something together for y'all. And um, I feel obliged to let you know why, right? Um, a lot has happened to me over the last year. So here's some updates for those that know me and for those that don't. Um, I recently, well, fairly recently, it's been about a year and a half now. Can't let, can't let y'all know my movements too soon, but... I relocated uh, from New Jersey down to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, late 2021. If uh, if y'all keep up, that's right around the time that I got a little inconsistent with the podcasting. But um, I had to level up, right? I moved from uh, my previous role as a financial advisor um, into a consulting role. I now advise financial advisors, so I don't have to deal with retail clients and all that bullshit. Um, but for those that aren't in the industry, let's just say a brother has finally leveled up. All right, all right, all right. Good news, good news. Let's see a black man being successful, following his dreams. And um, I certainly have done a little bit of that, and that, and that had me a little busy. I'm not going to lie. Um, you also got to be careful, you know, with the interview process. Don't want to be sharing all your thoughts, <laughs> right? But with a, with a revamp of what you expect, um, whatyouexpect.com. And a little bit more time on my hands. My hope is that we can begin to start to string together some podcasts for you guys on a more consistent basis. Um, I also, as I mentioned on the previous pod that I did with Brandon Copeland back in March of 2021, we're going to try to change up the format a little bit, um, include more conversations with people that aren't named Kevin Ejoma, right? Um, I'm going to try to uh, start introducing you guys to some of the voices um, and minds here at What You Expect. Uh, we got plenty of interesting opinions and and trains of thought. I'd love to include. I'd love to include on the pod, and um, that's also going to go a long way towards lightening the load on me, right? Because I'm not sure if y'all know, but putting together um, putting together content, one hour of content by yourself. 
um, is actually pretty laborious, right? And um, anything I can do to try to lighten the load for myself while also um, introducing you guys to some people that also are you know, writing some really interesting things on what you expect, um, I think that's a win-win, right? So um, I ain't going to say how consistent we're going to be, right? Because life happens, but just know it'll be worth you subscribing and getting back on the team, right? Uh, so hit that subscribe button right now. Um, I know you got friends. I know you got family. I know you got a girl. I know you got a man. I know you got coworkers, and if you unemployed, I know you got people you kicking it with. All right, let them know. We back up in the weeds, baby. Now, the benefit of taking a two-year hiatus is we got all these topics to choose from. So many topics. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's probably the hardest part because you're trying to decide like when's a good time for me to come back. Like, what's a good story? for me to drop the new pod on, right? And I think I picked a good a good week to start. All right, so we got a good plan. Uh, we got a good plan right now for this pod. First, I'm going to start off talking a little NBA. A um, lot, lot to get to with the NBA. I'm a Celtics fan, y'all, if you are somehow un- unfamiliar. I can't imagine... I can't imagine why you'd be unfamiliar with that. If if you don't know I'm a Celtics fan, just log off the pod right now. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk Deion Sanders, right, and his recent comments around his recruiting practices. And then we're going to talk about this murder trial going on right now in South Carolina. Uh, this Alex, Alec, Alex Murdoch. Um, just some messy white people shit. You know I love that. But first... But first, let's talk about this Brandon Miller situation. <laughs> I don't know if everybody listening here is a sports fan, but if you're not a sports fan, I'm going to clue you in. Because uh, even if you were a sports fan and you probably aren't paying attention to the college, the men's college basketball season this year, I wouldn't blame you if you weren't. Well, Brandon Miller is a young man that plays forward for the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. And Yes, uh, we care about the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team, apparently. Uh, I guess they're good. All right. All right. Brandon Miller is a projected top five NBA draft pick. All right. He, uh, he looks the part. He averages 20 points a game on 43% shooting from three. All amidst beating murder allegations. That's right. That's right. For those that aren't familiar with the details, the story goes, Brandon Miller and another teammate pulled up to a sports bar on campus. And upon pulling up, they decided the line was too long. We've all been there. We, You know, like, let me pause real quick. The more I hear about this story, right, while it's extremely tragic, a young woman died. Spoiler alert, a young woman died. The more I, I, I hear and read of this story, is the more I kind of like this young man. I, he, he definitely did something I wouldn't do, but I like him. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why at the end of the story. So Brandon, uh, he pulls up to the sports bar uh, with a teammate. Okay, He's with another teammate on the team, uh, not including... 
the young man that we're going to get to in a second named Darius Miles, um, not to be confused with the Darius Miles that we grew up with and all know and love. Um, different Darius Miles. So he pulls up to the, to the sports bar with a teammate, Darius Miles, and another young man. Okay, another young man. Um, I'm blanking on his name here. Uh, Michael Davis. There you go. Michael Davis. Other guy, Michael Davis. So, put up to the club with Darius and Michael Davis. I'm just going to refer to everyone by last names to make it easy for myself. So, he pulls up to the club with Miles and Davis. And Brandon told Miles, hey, listen, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Hey, you know what I mean? Line's too long. We're not going to go in, but, you know, you with your boy. Y'all can go ahead. If you need a ride back, I got you. Cool. We all been there. I've been there, right? So, he drops, his, he drops his boy and his friend, goes heads back to the dorm. We know that much. At some point later that night, Miles messages Miller, Brandon, asking him for his quote-unquote joint, right? And we believe that with joint, he's referring to his gun that he left in the back seat. So... Miller's like, I got you, Return comes back to the bar and lets him know that, hey, man, your strap's in the back seat. Go ahead, grab that. I don't want nothing to do with it. Cool, right? Doesn't ask any questions. Smart guy. And at, at this point, Miles retrieves the gun, gives it to his friend, Mr. Davis, who then proceeds to shoot up the car of two other individuals, killing Jamea Harris who was a 23-year-old mother that was visiting her friend who actually attends the school. Now, the district attorney has since said there is nothing to charge Brandon Miller with based on testimony from witnesses and suspects. And the University of Alabama has since decided they're not going to discipline Miller because he didn't do anything wrong, right? He didn't do anything illegal. I actually think of a couple things he did wrong, but he didn't do anything illegal, right? And they signaled they have no plans on suspending him, punishing him in any way that we can see. Um, maybe he ran sprints, who knows? And boy, this got people mad. Mad, I tell you, mad, right? And you know, the funniest thing about this, <laughs> the funniest thing about it is when you think about who's mad, Right? Um, the idea of a young black man not being disciplined by the school, even though law, law enforcement said he's not guilty of a crime, just doesn't go over with this largely white fan base of college sports. But let's talk about it. Who is this largely white fan base of college sports, right? Um, well, they're white. I said that. Um, in this case, being it's Alabama basketball playing in the SEC, they're mostly Southern. They're mostly Southern, and I'm willing to wager they have, excuse me, I'm willing to wager that they have quite an overlap with the athletes shouldn't be paid crowd. Um, they're largely conservative, okay? And, you know, these are, the, these are the folks that are legalizing open carry, permitless carry in every state. And that's the case in Alabama. In Alabama, you're allowed to carry a gun without a permit. So the laws that these people otherwise support is actually the reason why this young man is walking free, 
right now because generally the charge they would have gotten him with is possession of a weapon and then delivering the said weapon uh, to his friend uh, who then commit who then passed it to someone else who committed murder. But in Alabama, considering that the gun was not his, it belonged to his friend. It's not illegal to have it in his car because he's allowed to carry it. Um, it belongs to his friend. So he has no reason to not give it to him. It's not his property, right? In fact, if his friend is asking for his gun and he doesn't give it to him, he might actually be committing a crime. So he brings him, he brings a gun that he's lawfully allowed to carry. He gives it to his friend who's lawfully allowed to grab it and possess it who then commits a crime you feel me hmm where have we seen something similar hmm. oh kyle rittenhouse <laughs> duh kyle rittenhouse right are these people upset that kyle rittenhouse who killed three people is walking around free uh, a, a, a young 18-year-old white boy, roughly around the same age as Brandon Miller, carried a gun across state lines and murdered three people. And he's exalted by many, many of the same people that are saying this, this, this guy should be kicked off the team. He should go to jail. He should be locked up. It's funny how when this white kid who possibly has similar beliefs as these folks is charged with a crime when carrying a gun. Then all of a sudden, all these, you know, the idea of, you know, being, being uh, of self-defense and, you know, uh, of, of him legally being able to carry the gun because he's 18. And mind you, that's someone who actually committed a crime. Brandon Miller. There's a couple things that, I find very interesting about this young man. First is, you know, it's clear that it's clear that, you know, he is there for his teammates, right? I mean, it's not the best thing you can say in this situation, but you know, it's clear that that's important to him, right? Even though he wasn't trying to go out to party, he assured his boy, Hey, he's going to come back and he's going to pick him up. I think him being 18 he didn't have the wherewithal to realize, hey, man, this dude's asking for his gun. <laughs> this dude's asking for his gun. Maybe I shouldn't bring it to him because, you know, he's at the bar and he's probably been drinking. Maybe I shouldn't deliver a gun to my friend is drinking. Listen, me, I'm 30 years old. If if my boy is asking me, that's all that stuff is going to go through my mind. At 18 years old, I think I'm just more concerned with being a good teammate. All right, and whatever I think being a good teammate is, right? So I think his mistake that night is trying to be a good teammate and trying to be there for his boy. I think that's the same way that the, the uh, district attorney is looking at it. I also like the fact that, you know, he pulled up, saw that there was a long line out and said, hey, I ain't trying to, I'm not going to try to be out here. I like that. The third thing I like, and this is what kind of drew my in intrigue into this case is, Brandon Miller scored 41 points the very next game and had a game winner in overtime. Hey, man, listen, I have not seen that type of mental fortitude and since uh, since Ray Lewis came back, beat murder charges, came back, won defensive player of the year and won the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude is league ready. 
He is league ready right now. Right now. And listen, that got people mad. It got people mad because, you know, there's another way that Alabama could have gone about the situation. Okay. Um, no one said he had to be kicked off the team. He could have been disciplined for for sheer stupidity, right? What do you you know? What are you doing with a gun in your car? What are you doing bringing a gun to the X, Y, and Z? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Fact of the matter is, guys, he's in Alabama. Not everybody's talking is, that has a comment to share is from Alabama. Their relationship with guns down there in the South is way different than than um, than what we're familiar with in our in our coastal enclaves. All right, so you have to understand that. The type, of, the type of alarm that's going off in my head when somebody asks for their gun is not the same type of alarm that's going off in an 18-year-old kid from the South. And I actually don't know where Brandon Miller is from. I'm, I might want to take a minute and, and look up, see where he's from. You know, but... Oh, he's from Newcastle, Indiana. Well, listen, Newcastle, Indiana ain't the South, but they... Listen, hey... They, they treat guns the same way in Indiana, best believe. Ask, them, ask those dudes in Chicago where they go to get their guns, right? Um, so Indiana, for more or less, uh, in this case, is the South. And again, whoa, whoa, whoa. Brandon Miller, that's not, that's not the same Brandon Miller. That's a coach from Butler. Brandon Miller, Alabama. All right, let's see. Let's see where he's from, guys. Let's see where he's from. He's from Antioch, Tennessee. Well, there you go. (laughs) I do say, I do say, he's from Tennessee, y'all. So, I mean, listen. Um, I think Brandon Miller has has a very, very bright future ahead of him. He made a mistake. He made a mistake. He did nothing illegal. Um, And it's very important that the people that are commenting online understand why this young man did nothing illegal. It was not his gun. He did not know his friend and his friend's friend were in a dispute. They have records showing that. He was not involved. Now there's people talking about he blocked blocked the car in. Listen, man. I don't know what reporting um, people are going off that says he blocked the car in. But, guys, I mean, listen, he's in Alabama, man. And I get it. Everybody wants to kind of, you know, uh, look at did this athlete get preferential treatment. Guys, this is Alabama, y'all. Black men get locked up in Alabama all the time. Um, Don't matter if it's a football team, basketball team, don't matter how good you are. They get locked up all the time. I'm sorry, guys. Definitely not for Alabama basketball. Okay, so trust and believe if he purposely blocked someone in, he'd be in jail. He'd be in jail. Right. He'd be in jail. But let's be real. If you dropped (laughs) your boy just comes and grabs his gun from your car. And then you realize, hey, man, it looks like they're having a fight. Are you then going to pull off or are you going to stick around and look and see what's going on? Right. And I, you know, again, I'm opining on it from the from the facts I have available to me. But I just want to be sure that I just want to be sure that we're separating, um, you know, the the screams of the racists out there from the facts. And the fact of the matter is, you know, if we're to believe law enforcement, 
right? This this young man is innocent. And not only is he not only not only is he innocent and not involved, man, we gotta give it up to him because 41 points. 41 points the day after this this story broke. I think he dropped 26 this weekend. He's averaging 20. He's shooting 43% from three. He's 6'9", 200, just turned 20 years old. I'm a, I'm a fan of Brandon Miller, okay? Uh, I just hope he learns, he grows from this. And uh, this is just one of those things we're talking about in 15 years after a Hall of Fame career because I think he's, uh, he's going to be a special young basketball player, that's for sure. I I and to to stick with the uh with the programming, let's move right to the NBA. The NBA. This has been a great, great season um of NBA basketball. Uh I, I, I think a couple years ago, Adam Silver came out and said that he wanted the NBA to be more like the NFL in regards to parity. Right? And I mean, if there's ever been a year in the NBA, um, where parity existed, I mean, take a look at the Western Conference, folks. I mean, when you when you look at four, uh, seeds four through thirteen, all right. So that's from the Suns to the Thunder. We have four games, four games uh, separating uh, what looks like ten teams. Um, that's incredible, y'all. That's incredible. I think we have people talking about the Lakers maybe making it to the finals, and these folks are in 12th place right now. All right. Um, the Warriors, defending champs, 31 and 30. 31 and 30. Dallas Mavericks, Kyrie, Luka, 32 and 30. 32 and 30. Right. So this is one of those years where, um, while I think. It's probably been the most balanced the NBA has been in quite a while. I think we're being honest with ourselves. There's really only three teams that can win the finals, right? We got the Celtics. We got the Bucks. We got the Nuggets, right? Um, if you smoke enough, you can convince yourself that the Sixers might have a chance. But, I mean, did y'all watch them play the Celtics, right? <laughs> right? Like, I mean... The Celtics beat the Sixers by 50 points in February last year. And I don't think the Sixers have won a game against the Celtics since. All right. So to stick to the Western Conference, we got the Nuggets. Okay. And um, I think everybody's been talking a lot this year about about Jokic. Okay. And is he going to get his third MVP? And man, listen, dude, if y'all follow me on Twitter, y'all know what I think about this. I'm a firm believer that these European, I really got to say European because you can't really say white, right? The European basketball players are just judged on a different scale. Um, You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's white. <laughs> it's white players, man. White players are graded on a scale in the NBA. Okay. And I mean, no matter what your politics are, you know it, I know it. You know how I know it? Just watch the games, man. I mean, let's go to this thing about the Celtics, right? So the Celtics have a player named Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser is a serviceable 
defender. I watch every Celtics game, okay? He's a serviceable, serviceable defender. And game after game, I watch the other team and their best player run action designed to get a switch on the Sam Hauser. If they watched the film, if they looked at the analytics, they would know that Sam Hauser is a is a average to above average NBA defender. But they keep attacking him. Why? Because he's white. Because he's white. You know, so yeah, I have my opinion on how white players are judged, but you know, it's it also works against white players, right? Especially the ones that bust their ass on defense. Now where does this come from? I don't know, but there's just an understanding that white players are not expected to be good at defense. They're expected to be on the floor for shooting. And when you don't have an expectation to be good at something, no one's going to fault you when you're not good at it, right? So on one hand, Joel Embiid, who is a superb offensive player, um, I have my own opinions about Joel Embiid, whatever. Um, I'll save that for another pod. Or on this one, who knows? Uh, but I have my opinions about Joel Embiid, but let's be honest here. He is a two-way player. Okay, he's, he, he leads the NBA in scoring, I believe. Um, and he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Okay, um, I think Jokic is one of the best offensive players in the NBA, and he doesn't even enter my radar as a top defensive center. Not even on the radar. In fact, I think Joel Embiid destroyed him. The other day, right? Maybe two weeks ago. But Nikola Jokic is going to win his third MVP, third straight MVP. It's going to put him in. Um, it's going to put him in a space where you're not. You don't usually see someone who does not have an NBA Finals on their resume. Okay, we're talking uh, Wilt, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic, Kareem. Okay, those are the people who have three MVPs. Oh, LeBron. My bad, LeBron. Okay, so that's six. And then we're going to add Jokic to that. Uh, the people who have two, we have Carl Malone. We have Steve Nash. Shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave a lot of people off this list. But I'm talking about the people on this list that don't have any finals. Carl Malone, Steve Nash. Um, then you got Jokic. That seems about right. He can land in that in that. In that area right there three I don't know man but it's hard to argue against Nikola Jokic this year okay he's leading the NBA in offensive efficiency uh his plus his on his net rating I'm pretty sure he leads in that too he's averaging a triple double as a center um and they're number one in the west I mean if there was ever a year that he was supposed to win MVP is this one the the problem is we already gave him two we gave him two when he finished we gave him one when he finished fourth we gave him another when he finished sixth and the reason why we gave it to him is because we said his team wasn't good enough and now Joel Embiid who's sitting at third we're not going to give it to him because he's at third and Jokic is at one dude <laughs> you know dude and then on the on another place where do we value defense, right? Every year, Luke is a favorite to win MVP. When are we going to value defense, right? Giannis won two MVPs back-to-back, two different defensive players of the years. Um, he was the best player on both sides. I still think he's the best player in the NBA, but on both sides of the floor. Jokic, man, I mean, defense got to count for something. 
They're also 15 and 15 away. Um, I think that matters. Um, it's 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 well documented that Denver has a home court advantage. I think that plays a lot into um, their ability to be successful. Um, so I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of Jokic, um, but he's going to win his third MVP. We know that. That's that's going to be an interesting storyline. On the Eastern Conference, we have the Celtics. That's my squad, and ain't no doubt. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the Eastern Conference. Um, of course, we have the Celtics who fired Ime Odoka to start the season uh, because he was a little too horny. Um, and then they, they've just recently, excuse me, um, they've just recently named Joe Missoula as a permanent head coach. And um, I love the move. I love the move. Joe Missoula has taken uh, what Ime Udoka introduced to the Celtics last year and just moved them to the next level, the next level. And I think the philosophy for the Celtics is turn good to great. Okay, you have a good shot. Make the pass for a great shot. If for some reason the defense recovers and makes a miraculous play to take away the great shot, drive it kick start the process over again i believe last year from february on i i'm not sure there was an offense better than the boston celtics that could be incorrect but they're right back at it this year and they have a top five defense to match they're my favorite to win the nba finals of course right a lot of people look at it as a as a celtics bucks two two-headed race okay but i i, I like some other teams i think there's some other interesting storylines on the eastern conference uh, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I really like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I've been a big fan of Darius, Darius Garland since he got in. He plays with such joy. Donovan Mitchell's a problem, right? He scored 70 points this year, one of two players to do that. Shout out to Dame Tom. Then Evan Mobley, who I'm on, I was on record uh, ahead of his rookie year saying he would be the best player coming out of that draft. Um, we have Cade and Jalen Green, and I'm almost certain that Evan 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 Mobley is the best player from that draft. Right. So we have Evan Mobley, who is a young Kevin Garnett, in my opinion. Got Jared Allen, as Bomani likes to say, big tall man, skinny man, not big man. Right. Um, I like him. I like the I like their depth. I like their ability to go big when everybody else is going small. Um, I think they're one of the few teams to be, beat the Celtics three times this year. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, interesting company because the other two teams are like the Magic and the Bulls. So I think the East is going to be really, really interesting this year. Uh, right now, as it stands, even though the Bucks are a half game behind the Celtics as they play right now against the Knicks, uh, it's looking like it's going to be the Cavs, Celtics second round, Bucks Sixers second round. It don't get better than that, man. It don't get better than, than that. And you're going to have the Celtics-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals if everything holds to form. I'm there. Count me in. Count me in. And then back on the West, listen, <laughs> I'm looking at these standings right now. It can go in any direction. I mean, like I said, 4 through 13 are separated by 4 games or less. Okay, so we really don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. We just know the Nuggets are going to be number one. I don't trust the Grizzlies. 
The Kings are a fun team, but I think it's too soon. They don't play enough defense. The Suns, sitting at 33-29. and 29. KD hasn't come back yet. They made that big trade, trading Cam Johnson and uh, Michael Bridges for, for Kevin Durant. Um, and they threw in some picks as well. I don't know, man. Uh, I know a lot of people are high on the Suns. I just, who's, like, I don't know who, who's going to defend on that team. Right? Like, who defends Kawhi Leonard when they play? KD? Okay, cool. Then who who defends Paul George? Right? You know, so, I mean, in theory, it's a fun team. They're going to score buckets. They have Kevin Durant. They have Devin Booker. They have... DeAndre Ayton, that's three 20-point scores. And then, you know, DeAndre Ayton's averaged 23 since February. And then Chris Paul in a very, very defined role as leader guy. So, on one hand, I don't know who's going to defend the other team's best player. On the other hand, (laughs) who's going to defend them, right? So, I mean, I got my eyes on the Suns if they figure it out. Uh, It's just been announced. Breaking news. Breaking news. It's just been announced that LeBron is out indefinitely because of of a foot injury he suffered last night. I don't know, man. I was just going to say, I was literally, guys, I was just going to say the Lakers. If the Lakers play the Nuggets in the first round, I don't know, guys. I don't know. But if LeBron is about to miss time indefinitely because of a foot injury, pack them up. Pack them up. All right, so, I mean, that's the, the NBA playoffs is just going to be so fascinating this year. I, I can't even begin to talk about all the potential storylines we have. We have the Jazz who were supposed to tank in eighth place right now, and they don't look like they're tanking, folks. They don't look like they're tanking. And speaking of tanking, Wembenyama. Drama for Wembenyama, right? Um, we have this generational prospect coming out of France, Victor Wembenyama, right? He's He has as much hype as LeBron. They say he's 7'3", with a wingspan of 8 feet. Jesus. Listen, man. This is where this thing is going. This is where this thing is going. We saw Kevin Durant come out 10, 10 15 years ago. Seven-footer, handle it like a guard. It's only the logical progression that we get in a seven-foot-four guy uh, with a with a with a step-back jumper and a hezzy that could freeze a guard. You know, it's it's incredible. I, I think the only issue with this one Binyama cat, I'm going to keep a G, is what we just say about uh, Jared Allen. He he, he he tall man, not big man. Yeah, when Binyama, he's seven foot four. But uh, I don't know, he ain't friends. So what they weigh in kilos? Yeah, I don't know if he's. I don't even know if he reaches 100 kilos, right? He might be a 75 kilos dripping wet, right? So he's he's going to be the truth. So we got a couple teams. We got the Spurs. We got the Rockets. 
Okay, we got the Thunder sitting SGA, so it looks like they're trying to get in that in the, in those sweepstakes as well. And then on the East Coast, uh, it's looking like the Pistons, Hornets, maybe the Magic are all trying to get in the Wembyama sweepstakes. And honestly, I I think the best fit for Victor Wembyama uh, might be the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons are really intriguing. They're really intriguing. They have Cade Cunningham. Uh, who reminds me, Cade Cunningham reminds me a lot of like Lonzo, but he can score, right? So like like Scotty Barnes, but like a little bit more athletic, just that point forward type. Uh, I think the best comp for Cade Cunningham might be Penny Hardaway. And then they got at the two, um, they have my favorite, Jaden Ivey. Now, <laughs> I'm on the record saying Jaden Ivey is going to be the best player out this past draft. I was wrong. It's Paolo. It's definitely Paolo. But Jaden Ivey is number two. And he reminds me a lot of just like a, a hyper-athletic guard, like, like the Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell. Like Jaden Ivey is going to be special, y'all. He's going to be special. And then we got the Pistons. They've made, they're doing that thing where a, a high lottery pick flames out with another team and you, you buy low on them, hoping that, you know, maybe a change of scenery will, will, will get them right. So they traded, they traded for two big men. They got Malcolm Bagley, who um, was famously picked by the Kings over Luka Doncic. Uh, I, I just don't know. I just don't know why they, why they did that at the time. But, you know, uh, apparently... Vladi Divas and Luka Doncic has some old country beef. <laughs> so he passed on a generational player. Um, that's neither here nor there. But uh, they traded for Malcolm Bagley, and then they also traded for James Wiseman, um, two former number two overall picks. So they have that going for them. They got Jaden Ivey. They got, got Kay Cunningham. Um, I actually think Victor Wembiama would, would slot perfectly into that team, um, playing the three. Um, a seven-foot-four wing it's not not a bad place to go not a bad place to go i think the worst place for one to end up would be in houston because houston is just a complete fucking dumpster fuck like i don't know man i think there's a lot of people in different camps about how to how to tank but i think the worst way to to tank is to trade all your good players <laughs> right like you need you need some grown ups in the room. You need some grown ups, and Houston Houston just has no grown ups, right? No grown ups. Even their coach ain't a grown up. Steven Silas Jr. Right? I mean, he's a grown man. I don't mean to disrespect the brother, but you know what I mean. He he's a rookie coach. So I can't. I couldn't think of a worse place for Wembeyama to go. Not to mention he's not from here, <laughs> and you're asking a lot. For a young brother from France to come to America and get dropped in Houston? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something tells me that will just not be the best situation for him. And then finally, free agency. You know, free agency is something that people have been talking about all year because this is going to be a very interesting class. 
Um, I don't want to dive too much into it because, of course, uh, when we roll around the summer, it's going to be a bigger deal. But I think it's it's really relevant right now just because of the trade that the Mavericks just made with trading Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and, and for some of y'all that might be listening, um, you know, growing up, we grew up with Kyrie. Uh, he, he's from same area of New Jersey I'm from. Um, so I have... Um, I root for him personally. Um, I kind of stopped being a fan of him when he was playing for the Celtics. Right? But, you know, I don't wish no ill upon the brother. You know, just as a basketball player, I just have not been a, a big fan. I think he should go play tennis. But <laughs> um, the Mavericks made the trade for him. And it's very interesting because there has been no talks of an extension. Right? And... And the Mavericks are one and three as of the airing of this podcast. So I don't know, y'all. I don't know what y'all think, but um, I'm willing to wager Kyrie's going to be a free agent again this summer. And I think it begs to the question that begs to ask the question, like, who's going to sign him? Who's going to pay Kyrie max money to come in? And potentially be a malcontent. I mean, aside from the Lakers, I just don't know who's going to pay him the money that he's looking for. Right? And it's not going to work out in Dallas. It's just not. It's not. I think he landed in a comfortable place because I think Dallas is probably the one place in America that they ain't going to be picking in before the games. But I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, this is going to be a very interesting class of free agents. And uh, Kyrie's going to be one of them. So we'll see. We in the wings. All right, moving on to Deion Sanders, who's in the news again for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and I, I think it might have been a couple of weeks ago, um, might have even been couple of months now that that Dion uh was in the was in the news because he had left Jackson State for a head coaching opening at University of Colorado Boulder right not a powerhouse per se but certainly a school in the power five and um some people I say some because I, I think most folks that are familiar with the grind of a head coach understands why Dion would take that job. But for some folks, uh, it, it, it rubbed them the wrong way, primarily because it was Dion Sanders leaving an in, in HBCU where he um, begun to build what would be a D1AA powerhouse, um, begun to turn the program around um, and, uh, and start to win games, right? And start to make games at an HBCU matter. And I think... Uh, in, in the black community, um, that resonated in a very strong way. So to see Deion Sanders leave, um, I just think it might have been a kick in the stomach, right? Not even a punch, a kick. So Dion got some backlash. His daughter got some backlash for saying some nonsense. It's just been bad all around. Uh, and I think we finally started to turn the corner on that. And um, you know, I can speak for myself. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting excited because I'm, I'm interested to see what Dion is going to do at Colorado. 
Um, I do think he's a great recruiter because, I mean, he's Deion Sanders. Right? Um, but in regards to those recruiting practices, Dion stepped in it this past week because uh, in a, an interview that I believe he he would have done during Super Bowl week with Rich Eisen, I believe it, it just kind of went viral uh, based on a clip uh, of a comment that Dion had said had said regarding who he targets uh, to recruit for his team, and you know, without saying too much, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to hit play. You guys take a listen. Different positions are different. Like, like, like O-Lyman, I look for dual parent homes. Right. A strong father that they adhered uh, to. Right. Um, smart kid, three, at least three, three and above. You're also describing Hurts. Yeah. It's tough. Well. I mean. Uh, physical. I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. Trying to get out the mud. And I want him to just go get it. I, I, it's a whole different yeah. attributes that you look for in different positions. And we have that stuff just chronicle. We know what we want and we go get it. Deion Sanders here on the Rich Eisen Show. Or you don't Coast. have to establish me. I, I think. I think they no, no, no. <laughs> got the but I love the way you reestablished. Yeah. Mm. It was bad, y'all. It was bad. It was bad. And I'm not going to drag Dion too much. All right, I'm going to drag Dion plenty. But um, I'm coming from it. I'm coming at it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, I think a lot of folks who are not a part of football culture might be shocked by what Dion said. And I'm actually shocked that Dion would say the quiet part out loud in a way that almost gives veracity and credence to some of the stereotypes and racist tropes that have become part of football culture over the course of I don't know, the, the I guess the 100 years that football has been, been played in America, right? Deion Sanders is not the author of those views, right, and those stereotypes. He did not come up with that. That is not proprietary, the proprietary Deion Sanders playbook. The demographics will bear out, okay, especially at high-level football, okay, Offensive linemen, by and large, tend to be white. Defensive linemen, by and large, tend to be black. Up until recently, we know quarterbacks tended to be white. So what Dion is saying is more or less football recruiting law, right? And... I'm not sh- I think he's a little bit too deep in the football culture to understand how harmful that is for for him to be the person that's saying this out loud. And and here's why. One, Deion Sanders is not just a football figure. He is pop culture. He's a celebrity. He's had a reality show. Um he has kids that are culturally relevant. Um he's been culturally relevant since his playing career, since, you know, must be the money, right? We all know 
the type of personality that Deion Sanders is. And let's say it's not Deion Sanders saying this. And let's say it's Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship with Florida State. He's a well-known coach within football circles. If he says this, no doubt it's going to be controversial. But in football circles, his word's going to die. Because Deion Sanders said this, not only does it have more reach because Deion is not merely a football figure, because it's coming from a black man, a successful black football player, a successful black ex-football player now turned head coach, Deion Sanders. You see the levels there, right? Because it's coming from Deion Sanders, now it has a level of veracity and credence to that mindset that it otherwise wouldn't have. And what makes it even more dangerous is the fact that it's self-fulfilling, right? The skill set on the high school level that it takes to be successful on the offensive line is fairly similar to the defensive line. So now we're just talking about who gets those opportunities. Who shows up for camp freshman year in college and gets sent over to defense who gets sent over to offense for a long time in football offensive tackle was a big money position quarterback offensive tackle big money positions black recruits aren't getting those opportunities so at the end of the day, Dion just needs more awareness right um I don't I, I'm not gonna drag him because these are not this is football. This is football, man. Like for the people who are casual fans or just not familiar with football culture, this is how these coaches think, man. Um, it's disappointing because Dion is a former player. He's young. He's someone who um, who fancies himself as a progressive personality in this space, right? That's how he's such a successful recruiter, right? Plus, he's Dion Sanders, of course, but. He should know better. And then not only did he make a mistake by saying the quiet part out loud, it's very loud because it's Dion. So it's, it's just disappointing, man. It's disappointing. And it also kind of makes you start to wonder about what his time at Jackson State was really like. Because like I said, since he's left Jackson State, he's been stepping in it. Stepping in it. He's made, he made some weird comment about how he hasn't seen any cops since he got to Colorado and his daughter was lying, talking about there were murders on campus. That whole family, man, it's weird. It's weird. And this is just the latest thing he's saying, man, where I think somebody has to sit down with Dion and ask him some of these tough questions. And Rich Eisen, God bless his soul. What the fuck, man? Like he said that and everybody's kikiing and Rich Eisen kind of like instinctually changes subject. Hey, we're talking to Deion Sanders, blah, 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 blah. Where's the pushback? Come on, guys. What happened to journalism? Where's the pushback? Hey, Deion, that's, that's an interesting thought. Can you expound on that? Are you saying that... Are you saying that, that you recruit people from, from single-parent households because they're going to be more ferocious on defense? What, what is that? So... I don't know, guys. Check it out. Um, Google it if you want. It's uh, it's Dion being Dion. I, I I hope that somebody talks to him. Someone from Colorado talks to him. Um, 
I just expect better from him, man. I expect better from him. And I don't know if, if he's been famous and rich for too long um, and just too too separated to understand, like, the impact of his words. But hopefully somebody hollers at him because if he doesn't win at Colorado and he's already alienated the folks that were in his corner, black people, because of his comments and because of his weird desire to... um, to kind of align himself with the traditional football coach. If he flames out Colorado, that's it, man. That's it. Because let him not forget how he got there. He got there on the backs of an HBCU job. Right? So if this doesn't work out at Colorado, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go, y'all? So, I hope he keeps that in mind. I still want him to succeed. I'm going to have my eye peeled. I think Colorado opens against TCU. National runner-up TCU. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to see how hungry those defensive linemen from Colorado truly are. We're going to see. Now, real quick, before we get going, y'all, I kind of wanted to introduce some of you guys that might not be watching the news to a story that's currently unfolding in South Carolina. And if if you have a moment this weekend, this week, go on Netflix and check out the uh, the Murdoch Murders, Murdoch Murder Mysteries, something like that. You'll see it. Um, Trust me on this, guys. You're going to want to familiarize yourself with this story unfolding right now. Alec Murdoch, um, a former solicitor of Hampton County, South Carolina, um, and um, the patriarch of a really storied family uh, down there in uh, in the, what they call the low country. And I guess uh, the backstory of these white folk ain't that important because if y'all, y'all are interested, certainly Google Alec Murdoch. Um, as soon as you t- type Alex, it's spelled with an X, but it's pronounced Alec. Um, as soon as you type it into Google, it's going to come up, and you guys can dive down the rabbit hole. But the story, um, he's currently on, on trial for murdering his wife and his youngest son, uh, Maggie and Paul Murdoch. And it turns out that this is just the latest in the string of really sketchy things that have happened to this family. Okay? Um, apparently... Alec Murdoch, who is a very successful lawyer, former solicitor of Hampton County, South Carolina. He's had a, uh, an opioid addiction for 10 years. He's stolen millions of dollars from clients. His sons, uh, Paul and Buster, are at least tangentially in- in- involved with the strange, mysterious death of a young homosexual man, um, boy, excuse me, he was a boy, um, Stephen Smith. Um, A few years later, um, a young girl is killed in a boating accident, um, the boat being driven by Paul Murdoch. A year later, their housekeeper falls down the the stairs, cracks her skull open, and dies. 
a month before that happened, Alec Murdoch had taken out a um, insurance policy on his home at which uh, she fell at. That settlement money, which was intended to go to her family, never, never made it to her family. Her family only found out about that money once Alec Murdoch was uh, on trial for murder. So that happened in 2018. 2021, or maybe it's 2019. I'm, hey, listen, that's why y'all got to Google it, y'all. Listen. Um, but sometime after that, okay, or actually I think I might have it, I might have it backwards. So the, the housekeeper dies, boom, and then Paul um, kills a girl in a boarding accident. And then Alec is arrested for the murder of Paul and Maggie Murdoch. They're 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 killed gruesomely at their um at their 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 family home in Moselle. Mind you, they have several homes. They have a massive estate over a hundred acres. Uh, so the the wife and the son are killed at the estate, and then a month later, Alec is shot in the face. In um. Some type of suicide plot where he had taken out an insurance policy to set up his other surviving son, Buster, up um, you know, for life or something like that. There's a couple theories that you know maybe he had set this up to make it look like somebody was trying to kill him and then um, you know, creating another perhaps suspect for the murder of his wife and his son. Guys, if you got a moment, if you're in the true crime or just have a general proclivity towards messy white shit, check this thing out. Alec Murdoch, y'all not going to regret it. Trust me, Kev got you. But all right, folks, that's all we got this week on In the Weeds. Thank you for joining me. We're going to try to do this every week. If not, forgive me. I promise I'm doing something more important if I ain't here. Because y'all are plenty important to me. Special shout out to what you ex- what you expect. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T dot com. Follow us on IG. Follow us on Twitter. And follow me at underscore Juice Banner. Twitter, IG. Subscribe. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be here. Peace.